So, as has uh, already been seen, uh, we will be talking about joy today. Um, and so we're going to we're gonna be looking today at this concept, and yes, obviously this is a play on current events, but making Christmas merry again. Making Christmas merry again. Experiencing true joy this Christmas season. See, I, I feel like, if anything, right now in our lives, many of us need joy. You know, we've, uh, we've been talking so far um, about Advent, about the coming of Christ. We've been talking about this Advent, the coming of Christ, and that, that brings hope and peace. And we do live in a world that is needing hope, a world that is needing peace. But I believe that today we also need to have true joy. And so today's Advent theme indeed, as I already said, was joy. And so we're going to talk about what joy is, what it looks like. How do we have joy during this Christmas season? And I hope by the time that we're done today that we will have real joy in the face of whatever we're going to face, real joy in the knowledge of knowing who Jesus is and what he's done, and that that joy would, would inspire us to go forward and to continue to live a way that would honor him. But I, I would say that I, I feel like at times uh, joy... Um, we find it in ways that maybe uh, we shouldn't find it. And we're going to talk about that for a little while as well. And that's why I say today, as we discover the true joy of Advent, we will see why Christmas indeed is merry. You know, we say Merry Christmas, but do we really know what we're saying? And, and the word merry, I mean, it could, you could say happy, but it's even a little better than that. It's even a little bigger than that. It's to find true happiness, to find excitement, to, to really want something to happen so much that it's going to change your outlook on life. And you say Merry Christmas, and many of us have said it over and over and over again, but I wonder how many times when we say Merry Christmas, if we really feel what we're saying. And many times it's just words that we say because we're supposed to, uh, and we forget what we're really saying, that there is, to be, there is joy to be found in Christmas. There is joy to be found in the Christmas season. And so today, as we discover that true joy of Advent, we will see, hopefully, why, again, we can truly call Christmas Mary. And that is the hope. All right, so main thought for today, and I already kind of said it, but, so I got ahead of myself, but we're going to go ahead and, and say it again. Christmas joy is ultimately found in Jesus and nothing else. Christmas joy is ultimately found in Jesus, nothing else. Now notice here, I didn't say Christmas joy is only found. Uh, l- listen, there, there, is some, there is some joy and happiness that can be found in the Christmas season, but it's not going to last. If you want lasting joy, it's only going to come through Jesus. Nothing else is going to give you the Christmas joy that you desire. And here's the thing. As we come into Christmas, a lot of us try to find joy. Uh, you know, many, many of you have probably been watching Christmas movies, and every Christmas movie has a different way of, uh, you know, coming across as saying how you should find joy in the Christmas season. You know, and, and we hear it even around, and so many times there's so many good things about Christmas that should bring us joy. Uh, family is a, is a great thing. Uh, just, I, I was watching something the other day that was just saying that Christmas is just, it's a feeling. Okay, I could get there. Like, yeah, there's some times where just being in the Christmas season, there's, there's an, a feeling that you can have uh, that, is, that gives you joy. Uh, there's time with family, as I said. There's, there's giving uh, gifts and receiving gifts, and, and those are not bad things. Uh, we, everyone enjoys receiving a gift, and, and I would say we even love giving gifts. 
Uh, there's singing our favorite Christmas carols that might bring us joy. Uh, following our favorite Christmas traditions that might bring us joy, whatever that might be. Uh, being, you know, cozying up next to the fireplace on Christmas Eve or, or waiting to wrap all your presents on Christmas Eve night or waiting to shop on Christmas Eve, whatever you might do. All of these things, and by the way, that last one doesn't bring joy, uh, but uh, uh, whatever you do to choose to try to find joy in the Christmas season. And I don't want to say that all of those things are bad. At, at first, I, as I was studying for this sermon, I, I kind of had that mindset in my, in my heart because I just wanted to say, you know, don't find joy in those things. But here's the truth. I think we can find some joy, some temporary joy in those things. But what I want to say this morning and what I feel that God is really kind of just, as I've studied this, he's done in my life, is to say that, yes, we can find temporary joy in some of these things, but we need to make sure that we don't replace our temporary joy and say that that's what we need to live for, but we need to find permanent, lasting joy, and that does only come through Jesus. See, all these other things, they come and go. As the season passes, the joy can pass with it. But Jesus doesn't come and go. Jesus is here all the time, and Jesus is the one that we can find true joy in and nothing else. Now, I'll be honest with you. Um, my wife gives me a hard time every Christmas season because I uh, can tend to be kind of grinchy. Um, and uh, this is what I mean by that. Like, um, where everyone else gets really excited about Christmas... To be quite honest with you, sometimes I just get stressed out about Christmas, and I just don't enjoy the parts that go around. Like, I, obviously, I'm a pastor, right? I gotta love that Jesus was born on Christmas, so we get that part. I, I love that part. It's not like I'm like, oh man, I can't believe, no. But the, all the other stuff that comes with Christmas, so yesterday we went Christmas shopping, uh, later than we've ever gone before, uh, and, you know, there were moments where it was really nice, but most of it was just stressful, and I didn't like it, and it wasn't really joyful. And here's the thing. I start thinking about uh, when, when it comes time to Christmas time, my wife will say to me, like, you just need to, to stop worrying about everything. You need to stop, like, uh, looking at how everyone else is celebrating Christmas because it can get very stressful. Uh, and that people have forgotten the true meaning of Christmas uh, it makes me unjoyful. And then I'm doing, I, it just, it's weird because I should have joy in Jesus, and that's what God's really been saying to me this week. Like, you need to quit being a Grinch because the joy you find isn't in all the stuff that you think you should be. The joy you find is in me. And that's what I'm hoping all of us can walk out today thinking and feeling and knowing. Uh, that's most important. Knowing the joy that comes from Jesus. And so as I say that today, just know that as I have thought about this, what is the joy that we can have Joy is a settled contentment that doesn't get shaken. Joy is not a temporary happiness that makes us feel good, but joy is a settled contentment that, that remains no matter what happens. And I think we know the difference between that. But sometimes we say that, and we say that, and we think, well, then I don't need to feel joy. Uh, I think here the, th the thing, as we're going to see in Scripture, is that there is real happy, good, exuberant joy that we can have over what Christ has done. And that joy should be not only manifested in the way we live, but in the way we speak and in the way we treat others. All of those things should make it so that we are living a joyful life, a true, content life of real, lasting joy and contentment. That is the understanding as we go into this. 
So, where does Christmas joy come from? We see that it's only through Jesus, but let's take a look at it a little bit deeper. Christmas joy comes through God's salvation. Uh, that's where we start. Christmas joy comes through God's salvation. Uh, so, we find joy in the fact that God has given us salvation. Salvation that we don't deserve, salvation that we, uh, we can't earn on our own in any way, shape, or form, but that we can be saved from sin, be forgiven of sin, and be really brought into God's family even though we were enemies. That is the salvation that he has given us. And joy is based on this salvation for all the world. All the world. This is not just for the few, uh, as far as it's not just for Israel. As, as many times we talk about prophecy, and, and God promised a lot of things to Israel, but God promised joy and salvation to all the world. And we celebrate that. By the way, I, I didn't mention this, but we read Psalm 98, and we're going to read it again here. Psalm 98 is the psalm that was used by Isaac Watts when he wrote Joy to the World. We sang that earlier if you were in our singing service. Joy to the World was inspired by this psalm. And, and keep in mind uh, that uh, Joy to the World uh, is not primarily just about Jesus' first coming. It's actually more about his second coming. But I think it's an appropriate Christmas song because without his first coming, there would be no second coming. So I think it makes perfect sense for us to sing during the Christmas season. But we could really sing it all year long because we can have joy in Jesus all year long, not just around Christmas when we sing about it. But Psalm 98, I want to read it again. You already heard it once, but this is what God says in this psalm to us on how we can understand joy. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This psalm is a psalm that should bring us great joy. Joy in the fact that God has redeemed the world. And we know that this is through Jesus. The world is redeemed through Jesus. And one day he will rule with righteousness and he will rule with equity. There will be justice for the world. And it's through the salvation that comes only through the Lord. Only through Yahweh. Only through Jesus and we see then that our joy in this psalm is very clear. That we can have joy, that we can have this, yes, this deep, settled contentment, but even beyond that, singing before the Lord. I mean, this is not just, oh yeah, I'm joyful. This is, I let the sea roar. The whole world is going to be joyful. We sing praises to the Lord. We, we need to make a joyful noise to the Lord. This isn't just about how we've, what happens in our heart, but this is about what we're expressing. And so my question is, as we come into Christmas, are you expressing joy because of the salvation that has been brought to you? And maybe today you don't know that salvation. Well, Jesus 
uh, came to this world as a baby, yes, but then he lived a perfect life, died on a cross to forgive your sin, if you, and, and then he rose again to, to bring new life. So if you will only believe in him and trust in him and turn to him, if you turn to Jesus in faith, you can be saved. You can have eternal life. You don't have to be destroyed by sin, but you can be forgiven. And that is the salvation that God offers through Jesus. And if we have that salvation, it should bring us joy, and we should sing of that joy. There's another piece of this that needs to be understood, and that's uh, the next point, which is joy is not based on circumstances, but is based on God's love. Psalm 13. Psalm 13 talks about this type of joy. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Well, this doesn't sound very joyful to start with. Um, How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. This is pretty sad. But... Continues on, lest my enemies say I prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love, my heart shall rejoice. That's joy in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This psalm reminds us even in the sorrowful times, even in the times of life where life is just not going the way it should and we actually are questioning to what God is even doing, even in the midst of that, we can have that real sorrow, but we can find true joy still because of God's great steadfast love. That unconditional love that he pours upon us as his children, we can know that even in the worst of times. And I think that's appropriate for today. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. So it's not about circumstances, but it's based on God's love. And finally, as we think about Christmas joy coming through our salvation, joy is based on our eternal inheritance. Joy is based on our eternal inheritance. And as we look at this, we're going to look at 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. And I know there's a lot of verses again today. I just feel like today what we need to know and what we need to understand is what God's word says about joy. And what I hope is as we see what God's word says about joy, you will go forth in joy. That is the hope. But this is what 1 Peter tells us. This is what 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We find joy in what is coming. Remember when we talked about hope a couple weeks ago, I said there's not only a hope that we have in the past, a hope we have in the future, or a hope we have in the present, but a hope. Here we see that same hope, but we also see that we rejoice in it. We rejoice that Jesus Christ saved us. We're born again. We have new life through his death and resurrection. 
And then now we have an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven. There's nothing that can be done to remove that. And can I just say that as we talk about finding true Christmas joy, no one can steal true Christmas joy. No one and nothing can steal the joy that God has given through his son and through the salvation that we have. All of this thing, it, notice that again, it, what, it's imperishable. It, it cannot be destroyed. It's undefiled. It's unfading. This is the truth we have, the salvation that he gave, the eternal life that we are going to experience. That joy can never be taken away. No person can take that joy away. No circumstance can take that joy away. No virus can take that joy away. I might be getting ahead of myself, but I feel like we're coming into COVID Christmas Yep, I coined it right here. (laughs) But we're going into a COVID Christmas where Christmas isn't going to be what it's always been. We might not have the opportunity financially to be able to give as many gifts or receive as many gifts. We might not have the opportunity to sing as many carols as we would like to sing. We might not have an opportunity to even be with family the way we want to be with family. We may not be able to experience Christmas the way we always have. And that can be depressing, and it can be upsetting. And quite honestly, we can whine about it. But what I'm told here, what we are told here, we are to rejoice and that that joy cannot be taken away. No matter how bad COVID is, no matter what we have to lose, miss out on this season, if we leave this Christmas saying, well, this Christmas was lousy, then we've forgotten about the joy that we can have through Jesus and his salvation. So let us remember that as we think about Christmas. And we're going to continue to see this because, second point today, because what I don't want us to do is just say, okay, we can, have, we can find joy simply in just what God has done for us. Yes, we can, right? We can find joy in the fact that God has given us salvation that we didn't deserve. But it's... If it just stops there, then we're, we're still pretty self-centered about what we're looking at joy about. I have joy because somebody did something for me. But there's something even more that we need to look at. And that is the second point, that Christmas joy comes through the Savior. Christmas joy comes through Jesus himself. A baby Savior brings joy to the whole world. That's what we start by looking at uh, in just a moment. We're going to be looking at that uh, in our scripture today in Luke 2. And that was read earlier today as well. But the first thing we see is the Savior comes as a baby to bring joy to the whole world. Now, I don't know, maybe I know not everyone here has had children. But if you have had children, I remember each time each of my kids were born, there was this kind of joy that you can't even really explain. You see, babies, when they're born, they bring joy to a family in most circumstances, A joy that you can't really explain. It's not really a joy that is based on anything that the baby has done. It's just kind of, you feel great and incredible joy as you look at that newborn baby. As they coo and as they are cute and cuddly or maybe they're crying and, and, and pooping. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You're still finding joy. You're still finding joy in that baby and that's natural and that's good and but just as much as a, it's so much more, a baby that brings joy to a family, we're told that Jesus is a baby savior who will bring joy not only to his family, but to the whole world. Luke 2, 8 through 16, we're very familiar with these verses around Christmas time, but let's read them. 
And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. All right, so the shepherds, by the way, the the candle we lit today in some traditions is called the shepherd's candle as we light the candle of joy. And this makes sense. Because the declaration that was made to the shepherds as they're out on the as they're out tending their sheep. And by the way, shepherds were not necessarily looked upon very well. So this is kind of strange that this is where the first message of joy is going to come is to a bunch of dirty shepherds out in the middle of the field. But this is what God chooses to do to to declare what has happened. And we see here that the angels come to the shepherds, and what do they say? I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all the people. The fact that a Savior is born is good news. It's the gospel. That's when we say the gospel, it's good news that a Savior is born. A Savior can bring healing and forgiveness and hope to a world that is broken, sinful, and hopeless. And that is now what the angel says, I bring you good news. Interesting here, this, is, this word is the same word we would use for to bring good news, is to evangelize. The, the, the angels are evangelizing the shepherds. And they're giving the good news to the shepherds. And they say that this good news is bringing great joy. Great joy. That'll be for who? For all the people. He is a savior that can save anyone and everyone who will come to him in faith and trust him and turn to this baby savior who grew up to be a man who, as I already said, lived a perfect life that we couldn't live, to die a death that we deserve to die, to to rise again to show that sin and death were conquered and God has defeated it all. And that gives us joy. Sin and death have been conquered And that should give us joy. Again, joy that cannot be moved. Joy that cannot fade away. And so we see this idea that the Savior himself who came to the world, that is joy. We see, as we go back to the Old Testament, uh, that the Messianic servant has come to set men free and to bring joy. And this is fulfilled for us in Jesus. And so I want to read these verses in Isaiah. This is foretold long before Jesus comes. And this is what the servant of God is saying, which we know now based on New Testament is Jesus. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And further on in that same chapter, in verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. 
I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, verse 10. That great rejoicing comes as a result of this servant who has come to bring good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, to comfort those who are mourning, to give them the oil of gladness instead of mourning. I love that phrase, the oil of gladness. We can be glad This is what we're told in Isaiah and then in Luke 4, 16 through 21. This is Jesus. We see in his life what he says. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus connects back to Isaiah 61. But let's not, let's not forget Isaiah 61 is about the rejoicing that can be had as the servant comes to set things right. And Jesus says, I am that servant that has come to set things right. So, if we understand then that this Savior is who we find joy in and this servant is who we find joy in, then it should bring us full joy, which is our next point. Abiding in fellowship with Jesus brings us full joy. Abiding in fellowship with Jesus brings full joy. And I just want to read these verses. And I know this is going quickly, but I just want us to listen to what the Lord says here. John 15, 1 through 11. <clears throat> and we know this passage, but listen to what Jesus says. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are, you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, whoever abides in me and I in him, he... He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now watch this last verse. These things have I spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Another thought here from 1 John 1-4, through same idea. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, and the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ." And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. 
And then finally, Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice, watch this, in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. So what is the truth that we see from all of these verses? And I know I've read a lot, but here's the main thing. Abiding in fellowship with Jesus brings full joy. If you want full joy this Christmas... It's not going to come through all the trimmings that Christmas might offer, but it's going to come through having fellowship with Jesus. Not just professing that you know Jesus and saying that uh, you have, He has saved you, but to have true fellowship, to abide in Him. We, just to be in Him and to be covered by Him. And our whole life is sourced by Him. Jesus says, have fellowship with me, I am the vine, you are the branches, you need me, just abide in me, fellowship, have fellowship with me. First John 4, or 1, 1 through 4 tells us the same thing, that the truth of the gospel, we need to have fellowship with Jesus, to live life with him, in him, surrounded by him, giving our life to him at every moment during this Christmas season, that is where true joy is going to be found. It's not just remembering that we've been saved, but it's remembering that the Savior himself is with us and we abide in him, we pursue him, we are in him, and that should give us true joy, again, joy that cannot be taken away. So our joy does not come just through our salvation, but our joy comes through the Savior himself. Two weeks ago when we talked about hope, we said that our hope is Jesus Christ. Last week, As Justin preached, he said, our peace is Jesus Christ. And I would say today that there is no difference. Our joy is Jesus Christ. Jesus is our joy. And that's what we should be living for this Christmas season. But the last thing I want to talk about, especially as we think about the shepherd's candle, we think about joy. Joy is not meant to be hoarded just to yourself. There's a movie that I used to watch as a teenager. It was a really, really cheesy Christian movie. But it was called The Music Box. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. It's really old. But basically, an angel gives this guy a music box that plays the most beautiful music. And every time he opens the box, he, gets the mo- he just gets so joyful. He starts dancing around and singing and big smile on his face and he just loves it. He gets so much joy out of this music that's in this box. And he travels with it everywhere he goes. And like when he needs an extra dose of joy, he runs off to the corner and opens it up. And you can see his face light up. And he's super excited about it. And the whole movie goes by. It's about a half-hour movie. It's not even really a movie. But about a half-hour goes by. And the angel comes back to him at the end of the movie. And basically the whole understanding is like, why have you hoarded this music box? Why are you enjoying it only for yourself? And then the guy realizes that that's not how the music box should be used. And so then he starts running everywhere with the music box wide open so everybody can hear the music. And everybody starts feeling joy and starts dancing around. And it gets really weird at that point. But it's still... But I remember that cheesy old Christian movie, as I think about joy, is not meant to just be held inside of us to say, yes, I have joy this Christmas. But especially in Christmas season, we have the opportunity to share that joy with others. And so Christmas joy spreads through sharing. Christmas joy spreads through sharing. So the first thing we look at is sharing the good news. Sharing the good news. It's interesting to see what the shepherds do immediately after they go and they go down and they see Jesus. This is what they do. 
And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them according to the child. So they see Jesus and, and they tell people what the angels told them. The angels gave them the gospel and now the shepherds are spreading the gospel. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. So we see the shepherds themselves knew what to do with the joy that they had just been given. The good news of great joy that was given to the shepherds, they didn't just hold it for themselves and keep it in the, uh, in the fields, but they shared it to those who they had opportunity to share it with. And so this Christmas, would you share your joy by sharing the good news? By telling people about Jesus and who he is and that the people who are struggling to find joy this Christmas season because everything's weird and messed up, that they can have true joy through Jesus. We are the ones who can speak that, and we should speak that. The shepherds spoke that. The very first evangelists, if you will, human evangelists, go out and they tell the good news of what the angel had told them, and that Jesus, the Savior, was born. But another way we share joy is by praising, sharing by praise. Uh, And uh, interesting as we think about this, sharing through praise Uh, I'm reminded of the classic, I guess it's classic now, uh, the Christmas movie Elf, right? Buddy the Elf, remember what he says, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing out loud for the world to hear, I think is what it is. Well, I think that can be applied here too. Uh, Psalm 98, um, we're going to look at that in just a moment. We share by praise. You know, we praise God out loud, not just... You know, in the quietness of our house, that's great. We should do that too. Not just even in our walls of the church, that's great. We should praise God together. But we should also just praise God wherever we go. Praise Him for the joy that He has given us. Spread Christmas joy through sharing by praise. Not singing, uh, He knows if you are sleeping, He knows if you're awake. He's not, you're not singing the, the, the St. Nicholas song, but no, you're singing the praise of God. You're praising God. And we see that the shepherds did that. Uh, Verse 20 of Luke 2. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. They were praising God. Everyone knew what they were doing. They were praising God. And then we already read Psalm 98, but I just want to read the first verse right now. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Uh, and, And it goes on and on and on about how we need to make a joyful noise. We need to sing praises. even starts talking about instruments, trumpets, and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise. He says it again. The seas are going to roar. The rivers are going to clap because of the Savior. So we need to be praising God too. Our joy should not be contained just for us, but we should share the good news of the gospel. We should praise God for those around to see and hear. And here's the next one that I want to focus on for a moment, and that is weird to be when talking about joy. This doesn't sound right, but we are sharing through suffering. Sharing through suffering. So maybe this Christmas season you're suffering. Maybe it's because of COVID. Maybe it has nothing to do with COVID. Maybe it has to do with family strife. Maybe you're suffering because you have some kind of physical ailment that's bothering you. Uh, Maybe there's people in your life that are just dragging you down. I don't know what it is, but there might be any circumstance where you're finding yourself feeling like you're suffering. And you're saying through this whole sermon, well, this is great to to hear, and it's great for you to say, but you don't understand how I feel right now. And I want to say this, that even when we're suffering, we have the opportunity to share joy with those around us. Actually, I think it's probably the best opportunity for us to share joy for people around us. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14 tells us this. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. 
but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you also may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. Peter says, don't be surprised when suffering happens, but even in the suffering, rejoice because you are sharing with Christ. You are sharing Christ's joy that you may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Again, going back to what we know is coming, the inheritance that is coming, we have great joy no matter what we face, no matter how much we might suffer now. Maybe we're suffering from other people and they want to try to steal our joy. Maybe it's not a circumstance, but it's other people. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So maybe it's not a circumstance that you're facing that is causing suffering. Maybe it's people. But no person and no circumstance can steal your joy. Because your joy is his joy, and that joy is found in salvation, it's found in himself, and it's found in the fact that we have a real relationship with Jesus, and he is, has saved us and is saving us and is bringing us to ultimate, the ultimate end where we will be with him forever. So we can rejoice and be glad, for our reward is great in heaven. And so we share our joy by sharing the good news, by sharing through praise, by sharing through suffering. Even if you're suffering now, don't allow the suffering to steal your joy. It can't. It shouldn't. Because Jesus is here no matter what you're facing. Now as we conclude this morning, I don't know what you're feeling or thinking at this point. Maybe you are an unjoyful person. Maybe you're kind of grinchy. Maybe you are finding all sorts of joy, but you know that the joy is not going to last. Or maybe you truly have joy in the Lord. Or maybe you're sitting here today and saying, I'd really like this joy, but I just don't know how I can manufacture it. I really want to have this joy, but how can I do it? I, I try. I, I, I'm trying hard. I'm praying. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm singing praise songs. I'm coming to church. I'm, I'm doing all the right things, but I'm just not finding joy. We have to remember that this joy that we have is not based on what we can conjure up. It's not joy that we can just produce because we have enough willpower to produce it. We can only have joy through the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We can only have joy through the Holy Spirit's work. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, many of you know this passage. Fruits of the Spirit, verse 22 in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is something that only God can really give you. You can't manufacture it just by singing enough Christmas carols or, or, or saying the right words or, or going to church enough or going to the Christmas Eve service. You know, those things can bring you temporary joy and, and that's fine. But if you want lasting joy, it's got to come through, through God. It's got to come through the Holy Spirit himself. And so you do need to just ask him. So as we conclude, we kind of have some like action steps. The first action step is simple. Just... Come before God and say, I need your joy, Lord. I need your joy. Can you give me your joy? David, throughout the Psalms and other psalmists, restore to me the joy of your salvation. It's the idea, I need you to restore that joy to me. 
We can't manufacture it. And so we come before God and we say, God, I need your joy. I need your fruit. I love how uh, Steve Reck has been saying this in one of our uh, men's groups. He says a lot of times we like to paste, we like to paste fruit on. And instead of actually have Christ, or the Spirit, give us fruit, we like to like, make the own fruit and like, paste it on. Get this picture. like, Look at my fruit. I've got it on. And that's not how fruit works. Uh, the fruit doesn't come as we stick it on ourselves, but it's as the Spirit works in us. And so we have to surrender to him and ask him for the hope that we need, the, the joy that we need. Romans fifteen thirteen. we read this a couple weeks ago. May the God of hope fill you with joy, with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Again, God is the one, as Paul prays for the Romans, he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Not may you fill yourself with all joy, but may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Again, we need to pray for ourselves, but also pray for one another that God will be the one that will give us the joy we need. This Christmas season and all year long, it's only through his power that we can have true joy. So would you just surrender to him? And so I have a couple last questions as we do close. Are you struggling to find joy this Christmas? Are you really struggling to find joy? Maybe because of COVID, it's, it's not how it used to be. Maybe you're just feeling empty because all the traditions that you keep doing, they're just not working anymore. You're not finding true joy. You don't feel joy. You don't feel settled contentment. You're never happy. And you're just kind of, uh, as I said earlier, grinchy, if you will. Your, your natural way of thinking is bah humbug. It's not joyful. Well, here's the thing. You need to really think about, do you have faith in Jesus? Do you really have a relationship with Jesus? Because that's the only way you can find true joy, is by coming to him in faith, understanding the good news of the gospel, that that baby that came at Christmas grew up and died and rose again so that he would defeat sin and death and that he asked us to come to him in faith, to turn to him, trust him, and turn away from the way of this world, to turn away from how we want to live, but instead live for him and in him. That is the joy that we can have. And so if you don't have joy this Christmas, think for yourself and consider, do you know Jesus? Or is he just a name to you? Or is he just some... Guy, that, some baby that was in a manger? Or is Jesus the, the risen Savior who loves you and gave himself for you that you owe everything to and you just are, and have received his grace? If that's not where you're at, you need to come to Jesus and ask him to save you, to redeem you, to forgive you, to re renew the relationship with him so that you can have this real joy. And if today is the day that you need to do that, then just do it. Just talk to him and, and place your faith in him. Trust him. And if you need to know any more about what that looks like, then we're all here for you. Talk to anyone who knows Jesus. They would love to share with you. And finally, are you finding temporary joy this Christmas? So I think this is for all of us. It's, very, it's a temptation we always have to find temporary joy in Christmas. So we find it through the carols. We find it through the movies. We find it through the gifts. You know, a lot of times we like to sound really good and really spiritual by saying, well, you know, Christmas, it's not, about the, it's not about the getting, it's about the giving. I find joy in giving, not getting. I've heard so many people say that like it's some kind of badge of honor. Thing is, it's not about giving either. Even if no gifts were given or received at all, we can still have joy in Jesus. 
Because he gave us the gift that is the greatest gift. And no matter what gift we try to give or receive in this life is going to compare to that in any way, shape, or form. We have Jesus himself as our gift. And so don't try to find temporary joy this Christmas. Sure, uh, you, can, you, can find, you can have some little bits of joy in the different things of the season. Enjoy the season in, in traditional ways. There's no problem with that. But don't replace traditional un, temporary joy. Don't just say, that's the joy I'm going to find. And then as soon as Christmas is over, that joy is gone. No, find, Christmas, or find joy this Christmas that will be for Christmas, that will be for New Year's, that will carry you through the whole year and your whole life because joy comes through Jesus. And that does not fade away just because the season fades away. So my question that we all need to ask is, are we finding temporary joy this Christmas? Are we finding it in the trimmings of Christmas? Or have we been given real and lasting joy through the Savior, Jesus Christ? Only you can answer that for yourself. Only I can answer that for myself. But it's a question I think we need to ask as we come into Christmas. Why is it that we can have joy? And therefore, if we do have that joy, it'll be shared with those around us. So this Christmas, let us have real joy and let us share it with the world. That's my, that's my closing thought. Jesus is the only thing that brings real joy. The ultimate joy is found in him. So would you seek him this Christmas? Let's close our time in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity you've given us to hear about the joy that you've given us. The joy that can only come through you and your salvation as the Savior of the world. God, this Christmas, it's not about the the decorations. It's not about uh, family. It's It's not about all the good traditions that we have. Those things can be fun. But Lord, we need to find real joy that's going to last, that nothing and no one can take from us. So Jesus, would you give us that joy this year? Would you help us to to do that? Would each of us just come to you and ask for your abiding joy that never fades away? God, we need your help, and we pray that you would do that. Thank you for all that you've done, all that you're continuing to do, and thank you for everything we can remember as we come into the Christmas season. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.